I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. She can go into people's bodies. Said the ghost to scratch them. I yelled at whatever was here, leave. Something is so physically wrong with her. The body was chopped up and thrown into the harbor. This is unbearable. So much pain. It's really bad in here. My name is Amy Allen. Something is not right. I see dead people. This person might have been a serial killer. I speak to dead people. You get those chills. And they speak to me. He is darkness. He is evil. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she broke her neck. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Tell me the truth. I know every person, every house has secrets. I think the devil is down here. It's my job to reveal him. Who the hell would do this? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Who's he looking to kill? We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. You need to get out of here right now. Or time to get out. It was like endless darkness. Amy and I conduct separate investigations. I hear what living witnesses have to say and uncover any secrets buried in the property's past. While Amy talks with the dead. I'm in historic Winthrop, Massachusetts. It's about 15 minutes outside of Boston. Amy and I got called in by a woman named Cynthia. Now, she was hysterical on the phone. She says that whatever's in the house is attacking her 14-year-old son who has special needs. She says if we can't help, she's afraid what's going to happen next. Before Amy arrives, I look for anything that could reveal information to her, like family photographs. Once I conceal them all, the location will be ready for tonight's walk. I don't feel good. There's a woman there. She's making me so sick. The dead know I'm coming long before I do. And one dead woman from this location is desperate to have her story told. Oh, man, that is some pain, man. <laughs> She's jumped me, 
entered my body and I'm experiencing her pain, which is so intense that I'm scared for my safety. <sighs> this is not good. This woman that showed up, she's very sick. She's obviously inconsolable and in so much pain and this is unbearable. Cynthia, you sounded really concerned on the phone. We've had a lot of noises, um, tapping, banging. I've seen things, uh, shadows. But really, the reason why I've called is my youngest son, Nathaniel. He's 14 and okay. is in the autism spectrum. And I really feel this is affecting him. Okay, in what way? Well, he's actually been scratched a few times. He's frightened and he's not quite the same anymore since we've moved in here. He was a fun kid, really outgoing. Okay. I called him the mayor. He would be all bubbly and talk to anyone and he's just... Um, different. There's no joy anymore. I'm so mad to see him afraid. And I yelled at whatever was here to leave him alone. My home, my child, leave. It didn't cut it. I don't know what to do for him anymore. I really don't. This girl that jumped me, she can go into people's bodies very easily. So I had to like disconnect a little bit because she was making me so sick. She inadvertently jumps people and she's seeking help. Unfortunately, her presence can make people feel very, very depressed and suicidal. So now, who lives in the house with you? Well, my husband lives here with myself and Nathaniel, and I have two older sons that live here as well. Okay. And this was my parents' house, and I grew up here. And, oh, okay. Um, I wanted to come back to my home. Well, did you have any experiences when you were... Yes. As soon as my parents bought this house, we all had experiences. Did you, did you have any hesitation about buying it then? Yeah. I had a Catholic priest come in, bless the house, and pray for Nathaniel. Right. And I was confident that that would be sufficient. Now I do feel guilty. Okay. Your parents both passed away? Yeah. This is my dad. He passed away here at home in 95. He had pancreatic cancer. Oh, jeez. So now he passes. What about mom? She passed in the nursing home. When I bought the house... She was very upset. Okay, was there a reason for that? I have no idea. After it closed, she left me a message that she didn't want me to have the house. Yeah, but it's to her daughter. She made it quite clear. Okay, I mean, did you get along with your mom? Um, she was a very um, irritable type person. She had a really bad temper. Okay. Did you ever resolve uh, your mother being upset with you buying the house? No, not at all. There is an old lady. She watches. She's always like this. Her th 
thing is that if she showed herself for real, nobody would be afraid of her because who's gonna be afraid of a little old lady? So she makes herself tall. Like if she stands straight up, she can put her head through the ceiling. She has like a long spindly like neck and like skeleton legs. It's a very strange composition of pieces. She's angry, bitter, resentful, hateful. And when this lady was alive, she was very distant and cold. She hates humanity in general. And, you know, she had to, like, hide that. Do you know when she's from? She says that she was alive in the 50s. And she was a housewife. Why'd you bring me in this room? Well, Nathaniel won't go in his room, frightened to death. So we had to trade bedrooms. My husband and I are now sleeping in his room. That was my bedroom as a child. Um, the bedroom set that's in there now, that actually was my parents' bedroom set. Oh, really? When they passed, I kept it. OK, that's interesting. Now, are things any better for you that you're in the other room? No, actually, um, I've been having terrible nightmares. You know, where someone gets injured in a boating accident or crossing the road and getting hit. It's just, they're violent accidents. And I'm not one to dream like that. You taking any medication that may cause weird dreams? No, nothing at all. How are you living like this? It's terrible. Here I am an adult and I sleep with a nightlight in there. I do feel like a child is being chased and, I, and a woman. Like, emotionally, they're getting chased here. What do you mean? Um, I don't know how to explain it. Are they being chased in their nightmares, maybe? Oh, she likes this one. She does things in the bed. And she likes to stand right here, slide down real slow, and then like be on the floor, all the way on the floor. And then she'll like, you know, she'll strangle. But she, when she touches her, she takes her life. What do you mean? She is gonna kill her. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Nicholas, I understand that this was Nathaniel's room, but you're sleeping in here. Yes. So let me ask you, what was the breaking point for him to move out of here? Well, one night, in the middle of the night, he came running into our room and uh, said, there's a guy in my room and shadow man, shadow figure, or however he said it. And he wouldn't come back in his room. He said, I'm not going back in there. I'm, never, I'm not sleeping there again. You gotta figure what's going on here. This is too much. Your wife said he was getting physically attacked. Well, actually, one day he woke up and then he came and said, Mommy, look at my arm. And we took a picture and that's what we saw. And I said, what happened? He said, a ghost did it. He said the ghost scratched him. Did you guys question him about that? Yeah, I mean, my first thing is like, maybe you scratch yourself and you're sleeping. He said, no, he wasn't. He's pretty adamant. He says, I wasn't sleeping. There's no way he would ever make up anything or, or do that and tell us something else. The old lady, she likes it in this area. She wants to freak people out and make them leave and not come in here. She is very, very proud of inflicting pain. What kind of pain? People get scratched here. What about yourself? Are you having any experiences? Well, the first night I came in here, I had a nightmare. I thought it was real. The most vivid dream I probably ever had. I was looking up at the plane, the plane started coming down and, you know, exploded right into the ground. Dreams like with screaming people in it and violence. It's kind of interesting how you and your wife are having the same type of dreams. Is it just dreams you're experiencing? No. One night, I woke up wide awake about 3 o'clock in the morning. I looked up and I saw a shadow and it was going back and forth across the top of the door like you could see blocking the light. It was about a minute, at least a minute. And uh, then I got up and I started to come over here and there's nothing here. This stuff is confusing to me. We've prayed. Then the priest across the street, he came in and blessed the house and prayed for Nathaniel. Right. What I've done, um, you know, isn't, isn't the answer. So to me, this would be like a last resort even, you know, with you guys here. I believe like pretty basic, like black and white like angels and demons, you know, good and bad. Right. What do you think this is? There's something wrong. There's something else that's going on here with these doors, this hallway. I'm thinking right now it's the old lady. Why is she so weird about how she moves? She says, oh no, yeah, that adds to like the creepy, creepy factor. She's a sociopath. She's chasing them, these two people. One is a living woman, and the other one, I think it's a boy. I was talking to mom and dad, and mom was telling me that uh, you're having a tough time in the house. Oh, yeah. When I go upstairs, it, it takes me a while to fall asleep because I feel like I'm being watched for some reason. And a couple times I saw this weird black thing. It was just like an outline, 
And what did it do? It just stand there for like five seconds. And what happened? I just completely disappeared. I got so scared, I actually switched rooms with my parents. Okay. Dad showed me a picture of a scratch on your arm. Yes. What happened? I felt like a weird burning. And I looked, and it was a weird scratch. Was it with the cat do it or anything? No, definitely not, because it was perfectly fine, and then like five minutes later, it was a weird scratch. Would you be afraid to be alone in the house? Yes, actually. Okay. What about your old bedroom? That's the worst. Old lady does weird up here. What does she do? She does weird stuff on the floor up in here. And then there's someone crying about it, being afraid about it. I think it takes her a lot to murder someone, so she's focused on offing a living woman that lives here now. She's just kind of trying to get that done and over with, and then she'll move on to the next person. She's definitely, like, screwing with the kid now. You know you're in the Northeast when you trace the history on a property and it takes you back to the 1600s. Turns out the first settlers on my client's property lived there for a couple hundred years. I asked the local genealogist to look into it for me, and he said he found something that will help my case. You know, Steve, this is one of the oldest deeds I've ever searched through. It goes back to the 1600s. And I came across the Bill and Belcher families. Mm -hmm. uh, what can you tell me about them? In November of 1635, okay. uh, John Bill and his wife came from England with their family. And by 1690, the family owns most of Poland Point, today's Winthrop. Okay. So how does the Belcher family get involved? Well, in 1697, Hannah Bill marries Joseph Belcher. Okay, so these were two pretty prominent families then. Exactly. Now, you said there was some information uh, on the phone that would help my case. What were you talking about? Well, I went through over 200 years of records, and of course, there's, there's deaths, uh, standard things. That is until the mid to late 1800s. Okay. During that period, uh, a dozen Belcher children under the age of four died. Okay, do you know what they died from? You might want to take a look at some of these death records. Most of it was common ailments at the time, uh, cholera consumption, what we know today as tuberculosis. So are we talking about some kind of an epidemic? No, but in the uh, 1700s, there was uh, an outbreak of smallpox. And that was in the area I'm investigating? Exactly. Okay. I saw the old lady, and then I saw these three little kids, and she was claiming that she killed them. And then I heard a man say that she didn't kill them. This is not a good room. Pain and then pain, pain. Blood and death and pain. Now that I know there was a smallpox epidemic in Winthrop, I need to find out more about it. I'm heading over to meet with a local historian. He says there's a direct connection between the outbreak and the property I'm investigating. So, Bob, I understand that there was a smallpox epidemic related to the property I'm investigating. Correct. When did it happen? December of 1751. So how does this epidemic start? 
the uh, ship, the bumper, came into town and ran aground here in Winthrop. Captain Nicholas Cousin, actually, he uh, had a crew member that was sick, and he quarantined him on ship prior to this crash. He ordered everybody off, off the ship, and then he just basically got townspeople to help out him unloading his ship. So that's how it winds up spreading? Correct. That's a scumbag move. It is. Over 7,500 people got affected. 569 people died. Wow. Considering the time it was, the amount of people, that's a lot of people. A lot of people, especially around this area. I mean, back then, it were mainly uh, farmers. What do you know about the symptoms of smallpox? Well, you have uh, high fever, body ache, and open sores and stuff like that. And if you look at this picture, you can see how painful it can be. This is what a guy you look that's, like? That's what it looks like. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, Bob, you mentioned on the phone it was a direct connection between the epidemic and the property of Right, because a lot of the patients were actually taken to Jonathan Bill's house, the owner of that property. That took a lot of guts for this guy a to do that. A lot of guts, that. yep. I see all of these men running up from, from over here. They're all dying. And they're all scared. They're all white men. There is so much pain. All these dead, these dead souls, these men. There's so much sadness here. I'm at the local library to see what else I can uncover about my client's property. Digging through old records, I find a young woman named Susanna Geary who died in 1905. But what's really disturbing is where her body was discovered. Washed up on shore right by Cynthia's house. I'm heading over to meet with a local police lieutenant who I asked to look into it for me. He says this story is every parent's nightmare. Lieutenant came across this gruesome case back in 1905. Body washed up on the shore, pretty close to the property I'm investigating. What do you know about her? Susanna Gary, 20-year-old dancer, originally from Massachusetts, working in a performance in Boston. This is a picture of her right here. Taken from a newspaper back in 1905. She's a pretty girl. Yeah, pretty girl. She was going out with uh, one of the stage managers of her production company. Okay. She became pregnant, wasn't married, ah. and things started to go bad from there. I know that this woman is younger, probably in her teens or 20s. She has long hair about here, brown. Um, she's kind of skinny for a pregnant woman. The young girl who jumped me at the start of my walk has left my body, and I'm now able to see what she looked like in life. I'm surprised to find that she's pregnant. Very pretty, large brown eyes very dark um, and obviously very sad. So what happens next? Susanna and her boyfriend, Nathan, and here's a sketch of him right here. They decide that having this baby isn't gonna be the best for either of them in their careers, and they decide to go have an illegal abortion. They find a doctor in the Boston area. Okay. That doesn't go so well because she developed septicemia and peritonitis, two highly infectious diseases. They're serious today, never mind back then. 
I've heard of it, but what are the symptoms? Do you have any idea? Well, I know that a sepsis infection is in, is in your bloodstream and it can travel throughout your body. It causes excruciating pain. It's a deadly disease. Okay. So now she develops this infection, and I assume she goes back to the doctor? That's correct. The second procedure is performed by this Dr. Percy McLeod. But they go back to the same office? Yes. But this is a new doctor that sees her? We don't know exactly who performed the first procedure. It could have been Dr. McLeod. He was trying to fix whatever went wrong with the first procedure. And instead of fixing it, she dies a day later. She was pregnant and she lost the baby. And I think she lost her man. Something is so physically wrong with her. This woman's physical and emotional trauma is so severe that I'm experiencing all of the pain she felt when she was alive. I've never felt so much pain. It hurt. It was so painful. Seriously, I would have just shot myself in the head. Her loss is just... It's really bad. So how do we end up with her going DOA in the doctor's office to being in the water. I'm sure that the doctors, realizing that they had a dead body on their hands, panicked and started to try to cover up their tracks, try to dispose of the body so that no finger pointing would be made that they were doing any kind of illegal activity. These two gentlemen here, hired by the doctor to dispose of the body. The body was chopped up, put into suitcases, and thrown into the harbor. So what happens next? Two young boys in a, in a rowboat saw the bag floating, decided to bring it in. God knows what's inside of it. Um, they bring it to shore, they open it up, and wrapped up inside uh, was a torso. What do they do with the torso at this point? Well, it's right next to the cemetery. They bring it into the cemetery. And that's right next to the, the house I'm investigating. Exactly. Somehow the mother identifies it as her daughter. So now we have a victim. We found an article of the, of actually of divers looking for other evidence, and that's when they, uh, discovered her head. Oh, wow, look at this. So now what wind up happening with the doctor? Did he get convicted or charged? People that helped the doctor, they were convicted. They were sent to the Charlestown Penitentiary for seven years. The doctor who was in this case, um, he, was, uh, he was charged, but he was acquitted. During my walk, a traumatized young woman jumped my body. I'm meeting with a sketch artist to describe how she appeared in life. She was on the thin side, deep brown colored eyes, very large, very pointy chin. Yes, that's who I saw. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings to each other and our clients for the first time. Amy, I want you to meet Nicholas and Cynthia. This is their home. They've both experienced a lot of things here. But the main reason they called us and their main concern is their 14-year-old son, Nathaniel. Okay. Uh, he has special needs, and it seems like he's being singled out and victimized in a violent manner. What they want to know from us is, is it safe for them to stay here? With that, I'm going to ask her to tell us about how our walk went. On my way to do the walk, I was jumped by a female 
and I became violently ill. It was extremely sudden, totally unexpected, and extremely overwhelming. She felt so much loneliness. Jump's not easy for her. I hate when it happens. Hmm. I can't even imagine living with that kind of pain. If I had been her, I would have just taken a gun and cut myself in the head. The thing is, is that she doesn't mean to jump people. But when she does, the people can become violently ill, extremely depressed, possibly suicidal. One of the things you told me about your son was how his personality changed. Well, really shortly after we moved in, he just really changed. I used to call him the little mayor, talk to everyone. Now he doesn't want to really go out and do things with other kids or enjoy school activities like he used to. Were you able to find anything else about her? Well, she's probably between 16 and 22, I would say. Very little, thin, pale. She had very long brown hair and huge brown eyes. And what I figured out uh, was that sense of loss was because she had been pregnant and lost her child. A lot of it's making sense. It's not a story you're gonna to wanna to hear. It's a young dancer by the name of Susanna Geary. Uh, she was 20 years old. She was from Boston. Her boyfriend, who was the stage manager for the dancing troupe she was in, got her pregnant. Uh-oh. And they decided to get an abortion, which obviously was illegal back then. And this is a sketch of her boyfriend. This is Morris Nathan. Now, while she's recovering, she develops what they call septicemia. <laughs> she got very sick. Excruciating pain, apparently. So she goes back to Dr. Percy McLeod. They do another procedure. Didn't go too well. She dies the next day. Now, the police at the time believed he panicked. He cuts her up. Dismembers her body, then ties two guys to take the body and get rid of it, throws it into the, the harbor. God. A few days later, her body washes up very close to the house. And I got a picture of her. And she's a pretty girl, too. Oh, my God. Well, I did do a sketch of her. And this is the same girl that jumped you? Yes. You take a look at that. Without question, that's her. No. The eyes. The yeah. eyes. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. I mean, I can't even put words to that. What else did you see on your walk? 
So I came into the house and... In the kitchen, I see this elderly woman. And she is filled with resentment, hatred, bitterness. She was very cold and distant in life. One of the things that she expressed was that she absolutely disdains humanity and that when she was alive, she had to repress that. She told me that she lived here, I think in the 50s, that she was a housewife. You mentioned your mom wasn't always that great at nice. Yeah, my mother kind of um, didn't like a lot of people. She kind of ruled the roost a lot. She didn't like anybody. <laughs> I'm trying to be gracious. She yet. actually said that she loved the dog better than my children. Really? You said you got a good look? Mm-hmm. Wow. Is that who you saw? Yeah, that looks like her. But definitely older. She didn't want you to have the house either. No. Mm -mm. When she found out the house was sold and the papers passed, she just was really upset and um, left me a voicemail. She said, I stole the effing house and she doesn't give a F what I think and F me and F everyone else and use your imagination. Well, all I know is that the woman I met repressed a lot of stuff, like did not really give a about anybody. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. What, what is she doing around the house? Nothing good. She wants to scare people. She had made herself about seven, eight feet tall. Like she was showing me this monstrous, disgusting, deformed thing. Um, and that helps her to frighten and cause fear and all of that. I know she can get physical in the house to people. Like upstairs in the master bedroom, I saw her coming through the wall and she'll like slink down onto the floor and then come up the bed and like attempt to strangle the female that sleeps in the bed. The other thing that she tries to do is she likes to enter nightmares and create them. And what she'll do is get in there and literally make the people feel like they're being chased by her. Now you guys are sleeping in there and you're having nightmares every freaking night. Yeah, I've had nightmares, vivid nightmares. It's always something violent. Last night I had one of um, a parachute jump go wrong. There was also boating accidents, just horrible things like that. Now, you mentioned that it can get physical. Um, this is a picture of Nathaniel. Okay. And he's been woken up with scratches on him. Wow. It's happened a few times. Another time, I put him to bed, and he woke up in the morning, and he had a long eight-inch scratch right in the groin area all the way down. Is she capable of doing this on Nathaniel like that? Very possible. Very. Because what she's doing now is just inflicting pain, like whether it's mentally, emotionally, physically. 
And now she definitely has her sights set on two individuals in the house. One was the young boy, and the other is the lady of the house. You're the only lady in the house. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. What I got was that, you know, she's trying to, like, you know, really strangle you, like, to death. And she wants to get you and then go after him. I feel sick right now. You don't look surprised. No. I know the whole family, and I saw what you did to basically all of them. You okay? Yeah. This is probably one of the hardest reveals I've ever done. Did you feel abused when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm just surprised with Nathaniel. She was always like that. I mean, did she really feel like you guys just ruined her life or what? Oh, yeah. She had a hot temper, for sure. Well, I know this isn't what you wanted to hear, and I know it's something I didn't want to hear either. The big question left is, is it safe for you to raise Nathaniel in the house? Uh, for that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. What you need to deal with is getting rid of unwanted visitors, so to speak. So therefore, we kind of want to put her to rest so that you're not going to have to deal with her. Because my fear is that if you don't take care of her now, it's going to get worse. It could be so debilitating, I don't know if you could get her out. My suggestion is to get an individual that is a mental medium. A mental medium is a type of medium that does not feel the individual's death, therefore they won't be as impacted by her. So what is this mental medium gonna do? I would suggest that they go in your backyard, talk to her over two days. What they're basically gonna be talking to her about is letting her tell them her story to help her to move on. Will she leave at that point? Yes. So it sounds like the biggest problem here is, is your mom. Mm -hmm. As far as she's concerned, what I would suggest doing is writing a letter to her. In this letter, I would like you to focus on what she is no longer allowed to do. That she is no longer allowed to control you, your home, your family, or your dreams. That you are taking back the power and control of your home and your family. Mm. And then have a physical medium, which is somebody like me, come to the home, and you and this physical medium are gonna deal with her. Then you're gonna 
read your letter. I want you to yell. I do. I feel like you need to freaking yell at her. Don't let her stop you. I don't care whether you feel like you're going to throw up. I don't care if you do throw up. Mm-hmm. I don't care what happens as long as you finish what you write. Right. Once you're done, then you tell that physical medium, get rid of her. Are you afraid to do this? Uh, anxious. Once I get started, I'll be in a roll. I see how protective you are of him. Yes, I am very much. What about you? Are you going to take Amy's advice? Yes, definitely. I look forward to it. Cynthia has her work cut out for her. But I believe if she's able to stand up to her mother, she'll free her family of the evil that's tormenting them. And they'll be able to live a peaceful life. <laughs> 